When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. The whole gang, Rudo, AJ, Jesse, and Megan here. Uh, as over the weekend, the Matthew Kachuk trade did go down, uh, and not just with a, a little whisper. The thing was an absolute banger from top to bottom for both teams, to be honest. There was quite a lot of chatter about it so we're gonna get into it talk about it see how it affected both teams and, and potentially the whole league as i saw a tweet from steve dangle which is where i want to start when was the last time two 100 point players got traded for each yeah. other that was my immediate reaction i was like what how often do we ever see this it was I crazy did. man I genuinely don't remember the last time that that has happened. Before, you know, just, before we get into this, man, where was everybody when it happened? Because yeah, it, like, it, it, was, it was like 9 o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah, I was chilling at home, so it wasn't too bad for me. I was like, oh, sweet. Cool. I'm actually at home for one of these. I I was out somewhere, and I just happened to look at Twitter I mean, less than a minute after all of this was like starting to break, and not the hundred point thing didn't even come to mind immediately. But it was more of just like a that, that just wasn't what I was expecting for this Kachuk trade. Like I wasn't expecting it to be big name players going back the other way. Like Mackenzie Weger is like again, kind of like in the same way that we talked about Gerard a couple of years ago, where probably not any realistic Norris buzz, but like he's had a couple seasons where it's like, when you dig into the numbers, it's like, yeah, this guy probably should be in some Norris conversation. I mean, there was all the stuff going on with Huberto this last year, uh, you know, and Dom and all that stuff with the MVP. I mean, either way, he was at the very least in that conversation. And to just see two players like that going the other way for a player like Matthew Kachuk, that it was, I, I was floored, floored. It, it really was just how big the trade was, right? Because when it starts to break, you see, oh, Matthew Kachuk got traded, and you're like, okay, well, that was coming. We knew that. Oh, it's to Florida. That's a little weird. Oh, it's for Florida's entire hockey team. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So. AJ, what, what were strange. you? What what happened for you? Oh, I was uh, Z and I were at the drive-in movies, and we were about ten minutes into the Minions movie, <laughs> uh, the Rise of Gru. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you dress up? No, neither one of us. Neither one of us had any interest in seeing that movie. We were there because we wanted to see Nope, which was the second half of the double feature. Oh, nice. Uh, so we were not. Neither one of us was paying attention. I kind of actually watched it. I was able to recount the plot of it later on. Uh, but yeah, that was our that was our main focus of it uh, was 
was we were there to see Nope, and then the Kachuk trade kind of dominated the Minions movie experience for us. Yeah. Uh, I just want to put this out there. In the first Despicable Me, the Minions, like, they're like the ultimate example. Of like, yeah, they're great to be part of a movie. Yeah. Hm. It's gone a bit overboard. Yeah. A bit. That's controversial. <laughs> Big Minions guy 10 years ago. Now it's like, mm. it's not bad. about it. <laughs> the way adults have taken the Minions is unusual. It's unusual. Is the it's, great it's uncomfortable. <laughs> this one's not made for us. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it was. It, it was. It, it had vibes of the Taylor Hall, PK Subban, uh, Steven Stamkos. That was the wildest like twenty minutes ever. Well, well and, and it was just like that was. This was like kind of the thing that like rem- kind of most closely reminded me of that, where it was just like a holy smokes, like just kind of threw everyone off guard. No one was expecting it to go down like that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, good good for Calgary to find a way to spin this summer uh, into something that at least looks in the realm of positive right now. Yeah, I uh, we'll get into both sides of it, of course. Uh, Megan? What was your immediate reaction, or did you even see it break? Oh, I saw it broke, but I was unsurprisingly at home not really doing anything. But I got so excited by this. I was like, should I go out? Should I do something? (laughs) It energized me. But it's mostly because I remember looking through Twitter and kind of seeing the Calgary fan base's reaction before all of this has happened, because they obviously, Goudreau is gone, and there's trouble brewing with Kachuk. Um, and the Calgary fan base was kind of like, and we haven't really done anything outside of this. And then this happens. And I think, all right, this is a redemption arc for Calgary this offseason. I I don't even find myself championing Calgary very often, but I was like, this is this is going to make some changes. Not sure. Like Florida's a little bit in a pickle, but this is so good for Calgary. So let's start there. It sounds like the two of you, and obviously you can't say, properly who won the trade until much later today did calgary get the better end of this deal so i'll 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 start because i know there's like you said it's going to be hard to like ultimately tell um but but for me honestly like this is one of those in my opinion calgary won the trade kind of regardless this feels a Especially lot Especially like given the spot they were in, sure. And and that is why, given the way this summer was going, I look back at Columbus from a couple of years ago when they when they sweep Tampa in the first round. Everybody knew what was coming at the deadline. Everyone knew they weren't going to be able to keep these guys. It was probably in their best interest to just move on and, and cave to the rebuild. And they said, no, we're sticking to our guns. In fact, we're doubling down on it. They go and they bring in Matthew Shane, and they end up going on a really fun run that's, you know, it's a memory forever for the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, you know, and their fans. Now, they may have set up, like, what ends up being the NHL's next dynasty, but, um, you know, it, it turned into something undoubtedly positive for that organization forever. And to me, this is a similar situation. It looked like we were looking at a Calgary tear it down and rebuild. And they found a way to spin themselves up regardless of what they do with Huberto 
and Uyghur, which I'm sure we'll get into the contract stuff. They found a way to make this a positive summer. It's going to be an interesting year. That whole team is going to have somewhat of a chip on their shoulder, uh, you know, playing with a little bit of extra jump. Those two guys abandon us. We're going to go out and show them. I, I think this is a running away huge win for, for Calgary. And, and I think it could turn out well for Florida too. But I think regardless of what happens next, this is a huge win for Calgary. Okay. Jesse Big on Calgary. How about you two? Same same boat or are you a little more positive about Florida or possibly more negative towards Calgary? Megan? I, I still think that Calgary, at least – for right now, because um, they took some calculated risks. Like, we don't know what the future for Weaver <coughs> will hold for Calgary, but if they chose to extend, it would, obviously, we're talking into the future now, but it would be such a win for Calgary, and Florida still has some cap trouble that they need to sort out, so I feel like, even though it's not a direct result of this trade, there are probably going to be some more <coughs> that Florida has to lose when this is all said and done, that it's a little easy for me to say Calgary. Okay, two check marks for Calgary. How do you feel about it? Um, I would feel a lot better about it for Calgary if there was an extension in place for either of the two main pieces. Uh, even even without that, knowing they had to move Kachuk, I think it's it's great business. Obviously, they get the prospect and a first on top of Uyghur, which is where I really go like, okay, Florida, that's a lot to give up um but look i think matthew kachuk is going to be fantastic in florida i don't have any faith in the defense anymore though i just don't know what florida is going to do on the defensive end which which we'll get into but the trade while a banger, I think does make more sense for Calgary, even if there are still some question marks there for me. I think it's one of the more interesting trades that we've seen in a really long time because typically when a star player gets traded, we talk about how the, the team who gets the best player in the deal usually ends up winning it, usually ends up pretty happy. Um, the trade deadline can be can, can kind of muddy those waters a little bit because – is Florida happy with the Ben Sherratt, Claude Drew deals now, you know, knowing what they know? Probably not. Is Colorado thrilled with their deadline deals? Of course, they're over the moon. Um, but, like, I, I, when is the last time that a team got a star 100-point player this early in their career, and you can argue that they lost the deal? Yeah. Like, it's, it's really kind of a – because I think Mackichuk's the best player in the deal. He's 24 years old. Yeah. He's on a contract that I think is just fine. I have no issues with the deal at all. You get his entire prime, yeah. <clears throat> um, and, and, yeah, like, he's – I think him next to Barkov, they're going to be nasty. But are the Panthers better replacing Uberdo with Kachuk? Probably. Are they better replacing Uberdo and Weaker with Kachuk? I don't see how you make that argument. I I expected Weaker to be in the deal, but when it was Uberdo, because I was curious how they were going to make the money work, I figured they were going to give up picks, prospects, Anton Lundell, Spencer Knight, um, and try and shoehorn 
Hornquist into it, right? To make the money work. Um, to just go with Uberdo was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I thought it was pretty. Uh, I thought it was pretty wild, honestly. That uh, Ma- I mean, Makachuk is. I think to for me, he's the best player in that deal. But he's a one to one replacement for one of the guys that they got in return. But the Flames lose Johnny Gaudreau and Makachuk in a week and, and end up with Jonathan Uberdo and Mackenzie Weger. Like, are they better? No. Are they more balanced? Yes. Well, on Calgary's side, I think part of the reason you feel really, really good about Uyghur is they already had a fairly solid defense when it's healthy. You know, yeah. Anderson, Tanev, when he's healthy, very, very solid. Probably lacking a little bit of that true top-end guy, but that's what Uyghur can bring you. Yeah, so- and a two-way guy. A, not, uh, not a, hey, this guy is going to be used. This guy scores points. This guy plays defense. This guy scores, but he does both. And especially in transition, if they let him do his thing uh, and and he's able to, to, to start a transition game going the other way, I think he's going to be a really, really good fit for them and a really important player. And for me, I think he's probably the most important part of this trade because losing him, Florida gives up a guy that they haven't replaced who's very, very good. And in getting him, the Flames do what we did last week, which was they picked a direction. They said, we want to try and stay competitive. They get a decent prospect and a first-round pick several years down the road. Right. Because of conditions involved, that pick could end up being 2026's first. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be I – mean, which would be – who knows? Who knows? Right. Who has any idea how good the Florida pin? I would have no faith whatsoever that the Florida Panthers are any good in 2026. Even, you know, Mac and Chuck might be the guy standing from in, in 2026, you know? I mean, like, the Avs just won the cup, and if you told me that they traded their 2026 first, you're like, uh, I don't really There's know where that's going to be. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the next couple of years, you're like, ah, whatever, end of the round. Obviously, some of these – or RFAs, but the Florida Panthers have three guys signed through 2026 right now. So their team could genuinely look completely different. And for the record, I bet if you went through every team's cap sheet. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, Not many 2026 commitments are on them. But that's the point of how yeah. far away that truly is. Definitely. Um I do think that uh, I do think that it, it makes Calgary's defense better. And when you have Markstrom in net, and look at their forward core is still going to be good. It's not like Jonathan Uberger is a bum. Guy can play. You know, he's not great defensively, but we'll see how he does in that system and, and you know, playing with that group. But he should be – he should continue to be Jonathan Uberger. He should continue to be a high-end scorer for them. Uh, and as close as they could possibly imagine to replacing the re- the production lost from Gaudreau and Kachuk, who are 200-point guys. To replace 200-point guys with a 100-point guy and then a, and then a top-pairing defenseman, it's given the situation that they were in, it's pretty good work. It's pretty good work. I know he was traded for Kachuk, but mechanically, based on 
style of play. You drop Huberto in, and he does exactly what Johnny Gaudreau did for that team for yeah. years. Same playmaker, not as much as uh, of a goal scorer as Gaudreau, but yep. same style of, of playmaker. So, I mean, are you now with, and maybe maybe we're eventually going to get here, so we can we can hold off on this. But like, looking at Calgary's cap friendly, they still have a little bit of work to do. Like, they've got some money to spend. Obviously, there'd have to be a, a, an interest there from both sides. But, I mean, like, are they maybe now looking at Nazem Kadri and saying, hey, look, we're, we're trying to make a push here. Come, come play in the middle of Jonathan Huberto and Elias Lindholm. Uh, well, I think it's, it's tough because Lindholm, Lindholm's best success has come at center. Yeah. And Kadri's not been a very good wing when in the limit, obviously the limited, but in the limited time that he's been a wing in his career, he just hasn't been as good as when he's been down the middle. Uh, so you probably are talking more like Kadri being your two C behind Lindholm and that being that conversation the the thing was is that at center they were okay yeah you know um and and then but losing their two top wings that's what kills you and Kadri doesn't really address that he just gives you center depth which is always a good thing it's the NHL right. uh, because a, a guy like Backlund probably isn't good in that role anymore but, you know, Mangiapane and, and Tyler Toffoli and Blake Coleman, like, they've got the makings of a really good second line there if you drop Kadri into the middle of that. So, uh, the like, I, I would say Kadri has kind of always made a little bit of sense for them mm-hmm. if they just wanted to say, hey, we're just going to slot all of our guys down one. Um, I, it- I'm... I'm curious to see what their approach is there. They're, the one thing that I think it opens up with a guy like Shillington, you get you get a two-way guy. You get a guy that can produce the way that Weger can offensively. Do you need to sign Shillington, or do you maybe put that guy on the trade market and try and go replace a forward with the Shillington deal? Right. I think that's probably the answer, especially, look, they have $9 million in cap right now, but they do need to sign Mangiapane. He just had a 35-goal season even. And that's an easy, like, four-ish million off your books, probably. So yeah. they're rocking with something more closer to $5 million. And they do need yeah. to sign Shillington or move him, too. So it does get interesting. And, and I think a lot of teams are in this spot with Nazem Kadri right now where it's like, they almost have enough money to to get him, but it just hasn't quite added up to enough, or the fit hasn't quite been there for a team. Um, well, as we've seen multiple times in multiple weeks now, if a team truly wants to move money out, they can. Yeah. Well, and this that's, is that's, this, this has kind of been your point now for the last couple of years, right, AJ? Like teams, you have to be you have to be smart about what you're doing with your cap. You always have to be cognizant of it. But the NHL and its GMs have shown in the last couple of years, there's no such thing as not being able to get out of a bad contract. Like they've yeah. all shown ways to be it. creative, to do it. Um, that's why, you know, I, I mentioned it last week, half jokingly or two weeks ago now. I, I don't even know how long this cadre thing's been going on. That, you know, I had someone in my mentions, like the Avs should just give him eight years, five million a year, get him to the 40 million mark and deal with it later. And like, I kind of laughed, but like, then you do have that thought. It's like, 
at a certain point you, you can always get out of a bad deal and, or, you know, a deal that's gone a little bit too long and just kind of tying this back. Like you said, AJ, deal with that when you need to in a couple of years. The other side of that is in a world where you're back to seeing the salary cap take significant jumps year over year, bad deals aren't even that bad, right? Like right. they're just, you yeah. deal with them at that point. Um, they're just deals. I, do, yeah, there you go. They're just deals. I have a hypothetical I want to get into, but first we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get it down at your local liquor store right now. Also, pretty soon, pretty soon the bar will be finished with the renovations. Uh, we have at least one studio up and running there. If you're watching uh, the Broncos shows of late, you, you can see uh, see it looks pretty good. Starting to come together a little bit, so be sure to go check out the bar when they open up for the DNVR Bar 2.0. And, of course, go to breckbrew.com to check out all of their products. Also brought to you by Athletic Greens. I love the balance of, of giving you beer and Athletic Greens next to each other. <laughs> they, they really play off each other. Well, Athletic Greens is just one together. scoop. Yeah, there you go. One scoop in the mornings into your cup of water. You drink it. It's got all sorts of amazing stuff for you, ranging from 75 different vitamins and minerals to probiotics, some electrolytes, all sorts of other stuff in there. A ton of athletes use it as just part of their regular routine to make sure it gets their body up and running. It gets their immune system going to help with things like flu season and stuff like that. So Athletic Greens has you covered in pretty much every way it's just a daily supplement that you can take in the morning again one scoop in your cup of water you drink a normal cup of water you're done you go about your day it's just like drinking water in the morning anyway so it's like that but better for you you can go check them out today at athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to let them know we sent you over there uh once you're there when you order you can get five free travel packs with your order and a year's supply of vitamin d so they got you covered all the way top to bottom Take control of your health today with Athletic Greens. Again, athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to let them know we sent you over there. Uh, Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Hypothetical I want to get into. I want to start with Megan. You're the Calgary Flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to this in a bit. Got to save this one. Just trust me on that. Uh, appreciate the $2, though, Dirk. Uh, you're Calgary Flames. You get through this season, and let's say you can only sign one of the two guys in Huberto and Uyghur. Which one are you keeping? Um, I guess it's going to depend on hey, the type of season that they each have. Um. Like, if Huberto has another 100-point season, it's going to be a little easy to convince me of that. But I think that um, looking at the trajectory in their career, I'm, I'm kind of basing this off of playoffs a little bit, too. Weir might be a harder talent to come by. Where more, you know, Huberto, he's, he's growing older as a player. I think if you're looking at a long-term future, I, I might see the value of keeping Weir in the decor and looking for some other piece to add to the forward death moving forward. All right. So we have a soft lean to Huberto. Huberto or Uyghur for you two? Um, AJ, you have a, you got a smirk on your face this whole time. Would you like to go first? That's, 
so about to talk about Alex and Newhook for 45 <laughs> oh, minutes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm talking uh, about JT for 45 oh minutes. Oh, my God. Um, you know, it's hard because I think Jonathan Huberto is a really good player. Um, but I'm still kind of on a little bit of like a, well, let's see how he fits there. For me, it's Uyghur, and maybe that's a recency bias thing where, you know, we talk so much about how you need your defense to be, you know, solid. And, and you know, everyone's talking now about how do you find those guys like what the Avs have and what the Lightning have that are at the top of your D uh, that can do both things like we were just talking about with Uyghur. So for me, I probably prioritize Uyghur if I can only pick one. Yes, you take the defenseman over the wing. Yes, you take the defenseman over a wing. Um, for me, it's it's if you don't have an elite defense, you're trying to build one. If you're not trying to build one, you're not trying to win. Um, if you're trying to find lessons from watching the Lightning and the Abs win Stanley Cups, it's not that they can score goals and that they've got all these offensive. Oh, these guys. Game six. Game six was two to one. Let's do it a one. How many Even times have we, all the offensive firepower? He, how many times have we seen the Tampa Bay Lightning win clinching games two to one, one to nothing, two to nothing? It's about your defense. It's about being able to prevent the other team from getting on the board. They've invested huge money and a first round pick in their their uh, uh, in their goaltending tandem in Florida. They were on the right track. I don't understand the. The, the the desire to move on from Uyghur makes no sense to me from that organization's perspective. That's that's Calgary's boon. That's their benefit. Um, th- going into it, they should try and prioritize Uyghur. Um, they've got the year to figure it out. Uh, hey, how, how do these guys fit? Are these guys any good here? Is this going to go well, et cetera, et cetera. But going into it... I understand Uberdo is a high, high end point scorer, but I think some of that is a little smoke and mirrors. Some of that is going to be system. Some of that's going to go away in Calgary. It's defense. Defense. You've got to build the defense. I mean, so are you just riding? Are you not panicking on these guys until they're free agents? Because for me, if, if Calgary gets the, dead, the deadline and neither of those dudes are extended, I'm concerned. I, I think they end up in a really tough spot there. Cause, uh, we talk about it all the time. You look at the Pacific, it's really not a strong division. Calgary should still be at or near the top of that division with what they have. If you're leading the division, you're at the trade deadline, and neither of those dudes are signed, it feels like you're kind of stuck, right? Because you can't move them at a deadline when you're pushing for the playoffs like that. Well, that's one where you have to get a sense and you trust the GM. He's had conversations with the guys. He has an idea, okay? We saw it with Johnny Gaudreau. It came down to the very last minute for him, for him to decide he didn't want to be in Calgary anymore. That's a disaster for an organization. That's a deep cut that was unsurvivable two weeks ago, but they've somehow survived. <laughs> but I, you're right in that when you if you get to the deadline and both of those guys are unsigned, uh, it doesn't really matter where you are in the standings. You're tempted. 
you're you're tempted to say you're tempted to open it up and say, all right, what can I get for these guys? Yeah. Because I I can get first round picks for this year's draft. I can get first round picks for 2024's draft. I could probably get a young player. I could get a nice prospect that we really like. There's a there's going to be a lot on the board because those would be at their respective positions, very 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 likely to be the two best players available at the deadline. And we saw look what Ben Sherratt got at the deadline last year. What the hell do you think Mackenzie Wink is going to get? It's going to be the same thing. Kirby agrees with me. Tell him, bud. Yeah. Really hates Ben Sherratt, confirmed. He, every time I say it, he barks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, yeah, that'd be a really tough spot for me. If Especially if, you know, Calgary stumbles a little bit. They're in second or third in the Pacific <laughs> at the deadline. I almost think you might have to move them if they're unsigned at that point. It, well, given what you said. Well, like for me, this is and and it's it's what AJ just said. This is where you have to trust your management and you have to trust them to have their pulse on the team, the locker room, the fan base, the coaches. Again, I'm going to go back to uh, Columbus a few years ago. They had Bobrovsky, they had Panarin. Uh, you know, they had all kinds of guys that they could have moved on from, uh, you know, Seth Jones, who they ended up moving a couple years later. They have all kinds of guys. They, they could have said, you know what? They're all walking. We're going to tear this down right now. They doubled down. They said, we're going to go for it. If you're the flames and you're in that situation, you're, you're leading the Pacific and it's looking like maybe these guys aren't going to come back to me. That's almost a point where you just say, cool, we're going to go for it. We think the West is vulnerable. We're going to have to beat Colorado. We're going to make some moves that we think help get us there. We have Markstrom in net. Um, you know, we're, we're going to go for it. And even if it causes us to have to kind of reset a little bit in the offseason, you do it. But yeah, if you're if you're out of it, you're fighting for a wild card spot. And these guys are like, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Then I think yeah. you do. You, you have to flip it for assets and just now it's Kachuk for three firsts. That whatever. makes the decision a lot easier. If they're fighting for a wild card spot or they're – you know, they're really not in it, especially like in the shitty division. If you're fighting for a wild card spot, there's a really good chance that you're fighting for the honor of getting your teeth kicked in in Colorado next spring. Right. So, like, let's be real here. That's where that conversation the, – the rest of the West has not done enough to close that gap on on the Avalanche this year. And the Avalanche got worse. The Avalanche, the Avalanche are going to be worse on paper going in next year. Um, no matter what, they're going to have – question marks they're going to have uncertainties there are going to be some problems but their best players are still on the on the up uh they're they're the gap hasn't been closed by the rest of the western conference yet and uh that's going to help calgary stay in contention so i think for right now it's easy to say hey we're just going to keep them and see how this goes but yeah unless you really are like firmly in first or second place in your division uh, in the Pacific, Calgary should absolutely be moving those guys. But if they are in first, like that's the point of this. Yeah, the whole point of this is to win hockey games and to compete. If they're in first place, they're not moving those guys, regardless of the fear of losing them for nothing. Because hey, that's if they do. if they go if they if they go and they have a great playoff and they go and win a Stanley Cup, you don't care if those guys walk. You won the Stanley Cup. Yep, you got what you wanted. It's it's the 
toughest spot for them to be in too, right? If they're out of it, pretty easy for them to take the backdoor rebuild route where it's like, oh, well, you know, we just get all these assets and that was the plan all along. But the, the risk of going for it is just so high for them. If they end up being a second round exit, that's where it's like, oh boy, now they might have to rebuild without all of the assets from these guys. I'd have to imagine that they're going to get one of these guys signed if if either guy is is willing to stay there which they did introductory press conferences today and i guess the guys had positive stuff to say i mean uh, of course of course um but like if you know, i'm really upset about the deal i really hate calgary as a city this I, I is do bullshit like it's not, i'm big mad about it i, I like don't think this is okay I'm, I'm not like, signing f for, this like, for players to like speak their mind though like We've had we've had multiple. I mean, we're literally talking about a player that just did that. Like, yeah, I, I probably don't have much interest in staying here long term. So, like, you know, the fact that they had positive things to say and didn't just do like, well, we'll see, we'll get into the season and we'll see. But you know, they both they were like, either way, regardless, from going this is, if you really do feel like it's realistic for you to at least keep one of them, I think they need to, they need to address that sooner rather than later. Maybe not for both. You need to get something done with one. So let's take a poll here. Where would you rather live? Oh. Calgary or oh. Sunrise, Florida? I'm not giving you Miami. You have to live in Sunrise. Calgary. You don't even, Bruno, don't even ask me. You already know what I'm saying. <laughs> Megan? We talked about the tax conversation, I think, in past pods. So I feel like there's some monetary incentives with, with Florida in general. I've not been to Calgary personally because of who I am as a person. I think I might lean Calgary. Oh my God. Megan doesn't care about the money confirmed. <laughs> I'd be okay. Hub. I would love that. <laughs> you guys are picking Calgary, Alberta over South Florida. Not a chance. AJ, I get AJ. I get, I know you're not the warm weather person, all that stuff, but. I like on. Arizona. I take Arizona over Calgary. Is it, is it the is it the humidity? It's partially humidity, Florida? and it's it's partially that it's Florida. <laughs> I'm taking and Florida over Calgary. It's also, partially that you know, I guess having not been there, but uh, Calgary Calgary gets compared to Denver in a lot of ways. So yeah. I could probably be pretty that. comfortable there. I've heard that. So uh, you know, and. Living in Canada would rock. It's a great country, great people. Um, Alberta, eh, but uh, Calgary. I, I would, I would love Calgary. I, Canada, Canada owns. So I would. Maybe you were gonna say something when I was talking about getting one of them signed. You, it's kind were... of there's something I've been sitting on from the first segment that came to be, and I don't know what they're going to be named this season. But the Stockton Heat finished first in the Pacific division and they had a pretty competitive playoff run and they also get a new prospect to add with Cole Schwimp being a part of this deal. Um, whatever they're going to be called this year, their AHL team is building and growing stronger too. And I think we've talked about why Tampa has been successful and it's because they've invested in that development system. Um, and it's almost a boon to Calgary's development system to invest in that a little bit too. They have a good team that's coming up in the ranks. It is also, it bodes well for the future of Calgary 
with a pretty competitive AHL team in the works as well. And so when I think about who won the trade, I kind of didn't factor that in, but I think that also just makes this better for Calgary. And I think that this is a team that's making moves with some flexibility. Like you obviously want them to get one of these two re-signed at some point, but they're also highly motivated to incentivize these players to want to continue being there. And some of that comes with a promise of a better future too. Um, because they want to be looking at long-term. And so that does start with seeing a team that invests in its AHL development as well. It's yeah. a, a really good point uh, with you know, Peltier actually absolutely destroyed the AHL last year. So they have that. Connor Zary's on the list. On the defensive end, they have Jan, Kuznetsk- Jan Kuznetsov. Excuse me. So there are – I do think it will be curious how Calgary looks to use some of those prospects at the NHL level this year. Um well, and, and I, I love that point because, again, we, we just talked a minute ago about teams trying to emulate Colorado and Tampa. And obviously, Colorado not quite to the extent that Tampa, but, I mean, like, you look at that team, how much of that is homegrown talent that matriculated up through the AHL. Um, you know, the Avs, the Avs have examples of that. Alex Newhook, Miko Rantanen, Pavel Fransos, um, you know, JT Comfer, little bit, little bit of time with the, with the um, in San Antonio, but um, – you know, so teams are trying to emulate that. I think that's a great point. It's it's a good it's it's not insignificant. Um, and, and you look at like what Buffalo is doing right now. Like the Rochester Americans have, or at least this past season, had so many high end AHL players that they're hoping turn into you know real players for the Buffalo Sabers. Um, so no, I think it's, I think it's a good point. It's good. To <coughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> Do want to talk about Florida's side of this. I feel like we kind of skipped over some of the things they're running into a little bit, but we are brought to you by FOCO. DNVR is teaming up with FOCO so you can secure your access to the best collectibles and gear from all of the major sports teams here in Colorado, whether it's Broncos, Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, even Buffs, Rapids, stuff like that. You can go to FOCO and get what you love. They've got you covered for all of the Colorado merchandise. You can get 10% off when you use code DNVR over at foco.com that's f-o-c-o.com or you can just go down in the description click the youtube link down there to go to foco they've got all sorts of stuff men women children's clothing bobbleheads swimsuits crocs i saw y'all talking about crocs in the chat earlier if you want avalanche crocs foco's your place to go jesse i know is a big croc guy. i was gonna say you know i'm a big if crocs is listening i'm your boy <laughs> big crocs guy Let's go. That's going to be a brand new sponsor soon. So hit up FOCO today. Again, it's foco.com to order on the line with them. And then you can go on over to Avaca TV, avaca.tv, evoca.tv to get television here in the Denver metro area. Unfortunately, the altitude Comcast thing has not really resolved despite the recent talks. So if you want to get altitude, Avaca is the way to do it. Just 15 bucks a month for the first three months with code DNBR and only 25 bucks a month after that. And it's not just altitude. It's got Rocky Mountain Sports Network. It's got the national channels. So it has you covered for watching all of the major sports here in Colorado. You're taken care of with Avaca. It's super easy to use. It's just a box you plug into the Internet and you plug right into your TV. You turn the TV on, you're good to go, you're watching your sports, you're feeling good on your couch. So hit them up today. Again, that's ivaca.tv slash dnvr to get the first three months for just $15. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. 
so my concern for Florida is that their defense is just bad now. And don't get me wrong, they still have Aaron Eckblad. He's still very, very good. I still love Aaron Eckblad. But who are they going to put next to him? Brandon Montour, which it don't I love Brandon Montour. He's my guy. He had a great season last year. That guy is not a first pairing defenseman. Radko Gudis? I hope you don't put him on your first pair. Radko Gudis. He's that good. Jeez. But that's what I'm saying. Like they they I shot a giant Gudis. hole into their defense, and I don't see how they replace it. Yep, that's the that's the rub. From their postseason defense, they've lost Ben Schrott and Mackenzie Weger. Yeah. Does this does this feel to anyone else? You know, we we've talked the last couple. Of, we we talked a lot this year, and obviously benefit of hindsight, right? That the Abs didn't panic after a second round exit last year. Another second round exit. Tampa didn't panic after they got bounced by Columbus. Again, you, you traded for Matthew Kachuk. So, like, you're not upset about it. You added Matthew Kachuk. But does this maybe feel like Florida went out and they got bopped a little bit? And they're like, oh, we have to completely – this isn't it. We didn't have it. And they just – sweeping changes for the sake of sweeping changes? It's it's weird, right? Because this offseason felt like every offseason in recent memory to me for Florida where it's like – Okay, they somehow keep adding forwards. Right, right. They've needed defensemen for years, but they just keep adding forwards. So I guess <laughs> this is fine. And and honestly, like I think it showed in the in the playoffs against that Tampa team, where you can have all the forwards in the world. It doesn't matter if the other goaltender plays out of their mind and your defense can't keep up. <sighs> so tough spot uh. <laughs> i didn't know if aj was gonna would go with something there at the, at the very end of that but uh yeah i mean you know someone just saying they just kept adding forwards this is the first time this person feels a little different like they added definitely another level for sure yeah 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 well, well but i mean like even when they added claude Giroux, like that's a really good player but it was like yeah you kind of already have guys that do what claude Giroux does don't have anyone that does Matt. No one does what Matthew Kachuk does. It's fair. It's a fair point. Um, yeah, I mean that's still a really good forward core, man. You had Matt Kachuk to oh, it. Yeah. It's still really good. Like for sure, Matt. You you've got Kachuk with Barkov and Verhage and Reinhardt. If he ever gets healthy, uh, Anthony Duclair was nastier. Anton Liddell had a really good rookie year. He'll get better. Um, yeah, there's um, – I don't know, man. I, I just don't know defensively. I don't know what they're going to do there because Redko Gudis just isn't it. He's never been it. So teams keep trying it because he's big and mean, but he gets walked a little too easily. So, you know. Gets about he gets walked about as often as Rex does, and that's a lot. You that guys walk lot. Rex pretty frequently, so Damn, I, I didn't know if that was a, a shot at Rudo for not taking his dog on walks, or if that was a shot at Mackenzie Weger. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Where, I wasn't sure where we were going. <laughs> no, Gudis gets eaten up a little too much, so <laughs> he uh, not he's just not my jam. 
Um, he just can't be a guy there. I, I don't know what else they're going to do on that defense, but they're they're worse because there's no McKenzie Weger. So well, people will watch this pod and think that or it's going to sound like we think McKenzie Weger is like a, like a like a top ten defenseman, but he's a really good player that they have no replacement for. I mean, I don't like. It's just hard to take that big of a step back at such an important position. I think he's fairly comparable to Devon Taves. I Devon Taves is quite a bit better. Uh, I, I think he's better, but I wouldn't say by quite a bit. I would say by quite a bit, and uh, he's he is Devon Devon Taves does a lot of really obvious things at a really high level. Mackenzie Weger does not. Uh, Mackenzie Weger is a lot more of a. He's got to be your speed kind of guy, um, because he's a he's a guy that when he makes mistakes, he'll make the big one. Uh, he's got a little bit of that Jake Gardner in him, where he'll make the big mistake, and that's what people will remember, and that's why people will think that Radko Gudis is better than him, which is crazy. But um, Devon Devon Tave doesn't usually make the big mistake. Devon Tave just doesn't do mistakes. That's what happens when you're top human. So, uh, <laughs> Mackenzie Weger is a really good player, but I would I would not compare him to Devontae. It's become kind of the 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 in vogue com- the comparison for underrated D man that I just didn't appreciate enough. Uh, as everybody's like, oh, it's going to be the next Devontae. No, Devontae's top human. <laughs> He's not in the group of top humans. Right. Top ask, human ask number the, one. Ask the wrong guy that that question. Got it. Uh, <laughs> the part that scares me for Florida is they're putting together this defense, and it's not like they have <laughs> Igor Shosturkin back there. They have a lot of pressure on Bobrovsky. Exactly, a, a a total mystery bag of who is going to who is Bobrovsky next year. You have no idea what that guy's going to do for you. Probably be a top ten goalie like he has been most of his career, except for most of his time in Florida. Uh, I think he was pretty good last year. I don't think he was. He I was mean, like league oh, average. Last he's year. not ten million dollars good. Is the problem for sure? What was that, Megan? It was nine one three save percentage regular season, nine eleven in the playoffs. So yeah. that's that's pretty average. It's. I mean, he's yeah, he's thirty three. It's it's not horrible, but that is just a lot of pressure. It's terrible for the contract. It's fine. Yeah, like he's a contract. It's like it's fine. It's but yes, a hundred percent agree. For ten million dollars, it's dude. You need to (laughs) you need to move him. You need to move him, and you need to give that job to Spencer Knight, who had a nine oh eight last year. That was the craziest part. Did they sign Bobrovsky and then draft Knight, or was it the other way around? No, they did them all in the same offseason. Yeah, 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 and it was just. But like, I mean, when you when you draft a goaltender, like you're expecting him to, it's like, hey, it's probably going to be four or five years. Spencer Knight was just like, on another level, really yeah. dominant. Yep. At yeah. every level, other than the NHL, so it's yeah. I'll go sometimes. You know, is <clears throat> they. They they tried to limit Knight as much as they could, and it was just like, wow, he's just it's really good. Certainly an interesting spot for both teams. Can, we do have a couple super chats, but Jesse, you can go ahead. Well, I was going to say so because I know we're we're 
getting near the 50 minute mark. So we're going to start winding this down, but I do want to just take a step back and a little bit of like what we have the show titled as, you know, like I was looking at that list of teams and I'm trying to get it pulled up here in a haste. That the Western Kachuk, conference. Well, that, that Kachuk had essentially said, mm. these are the teams I'm going to go to. And it was like Vegas, St. Louis. Uh, and again, my, my phone's not pulling, but it, but it was, it was all, Nashville was another one of them. Dallas, and it's like Central Division team, Central Division, the Central. What's this guy have against the Abs? Right. (laughs) And then there was one Eastern Conference team, and it was Florida. There were two teams on this list that weren't in the Central Division. It was Vegas and the Panthers. And just, you know, I I don't want to get too carried away because of what some of these teams would have had to give, like for what the Blues would have had to give up. To get Kachuk, I think it would have been one of those kind of what we're talking about with Florida, right? Maybe taking a step back to try to take a step forward later, but just like how big it is for a player of this caliber to end up not only not in the Central Division, but in the Eastern Conference <laughs> and then to sign an eight-year deal to stay there. Like, I <coughs> just aren't going to have to worry about a very, very good player who's a very hard player to play against unless they see him in the Cup Finals for at least another decade. Uh, so I, that was just that was huge for it to shake that way. I think the toughness to play against is the great point because don't get me wrong, the Avs don't want to play against Huberto either. But Huberto isn't going to grind you into dust along the boards. It it's, it feels a little bit easier to play against, certainly. Well, and he actually keeps his mouthpiece in his fucking mouth. He's not <laughs> using it to chew on that damn thing so he can yap all goddamn game long. Like, just the experience of playing against those guys is very different. Yeah. So, yeah, and, Kachuk, and, and, yeah, I, I love what Kachuk will bring for the Panthers. I think he's going to be really good for them. Uh, I think he is going to make them a little more dynamic in a different way. A little more well-rounded, which is something we talked about the Avs needing to get over the years is – They've got to add a little bit of that element. You know, you do need a little bit of the sandpaper element to your game, but the Zach Cassians of the world aren't the answer. It's well, it's the Mac and Chucks. It's the guys. It's it's the guys who can actually play while maintaining that edge. You know, it's it's Kachuk, it's Kadri, it's those guys. Those guys that drive other teams crazy by existing. And to give Florida a little bit of credit there, they've done a decent job of building that. A guy like yeah. Sam Bennett does a little bit of that as well. Exactly. So they, they have rounded out their forward core very nicely. Yeah, I think their forward core looks – it continues to look great. Um, when Duclair comes back from injury, it will continue to look great. And that's with a bunch of their picks just not really panning out. I mean, they just traded Owen Tippett. Uh, Dennis Denisenko hasn't done a whole lot, you know. It's they just keep drafting forward after forward after forward and not doing a whole lot for him. <coughs> they made it work on the front end side at the very least. So yeah. uh, let's get to these super chats here, so AJ can rant about Alex Newhook. <laughs> Two dollars from Dirk saying, "How does Newhook figure into Kadri's contract?" Doesn't. Yeah, it, it's kind of. And two different conversations, right? Yeah, yeah. Kadri's contract is a totally separate thing. Um, you know, do the Abs believe that Alex New can take the two C job? If they do, they didn't hint at it very much with his postseason usage. 
and I understand that those are different conversations. You're you're living in that moment. And you're okay. This guy's going to play the role that he can play right now. It was a really long season for him. It's the most hockey he's ever played in his life in one year. Uh, he's probably a little worn down and tired. I, I get all that, but it's hard for me to believe that a guy that they were playing six, seven, eight minutes a night, they're just going to have penciled in for the 2C job next year. They might give him a look. He might be, like, in the long-term plan, but – and he should still be. I mean, let's be real. You're still Alex Newhook. He had a good rookie year. Wasn't a transcendent rookie year. He had a good rookie year playing third-line minutes. You know, you look at – like Matt Boldy got to play next to guys who score goals. Um, you know, he he got to play next to Kevin Fiala last year. Yep. In the middle of Fiala's career year, you know, uh, Alex Newell's playing next to to JT Comfer and Nicholas Abe Kubel and stuff, you know, like it's no offense to those guys, but it's a little harder to have put up big, big numbers. Not Kevin Fiala for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's harder to put up those kinds of big shiny numbers. Um, so it's <clears throat> it, it is it is a like where he figures in next year remains to be seen. The Ben Myers conversation is still there because I'm I'm telling you like the people around the league that that think Ben Myers is going to be the next Tyler Bozak ish caliber of talent, not the same player, but that level of impact in the NHL. That's there's a lot of people that are that live and die by the Ben Myers hype, and if Ben Myers can have that kind of a career, he that's that's a that's a two C conversation two T two C ish conversation. Um, so Newhook and Myers are gonna have to sort that out between themselves. Really, like somebody's got to separate there with five of the six top six jobs locked up and. That's just me projecting that McKinnon will eventually sign an extension here. And that's the thing about this conversation is, look, I'm a big believer in Newhook. I think he can do that 2C for you. But you don't not make your team better because Newhook might be that guy. That was a lot of qualifiers. But, yes, exactly. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah, you, Nazem Kadri makes you better today if you could sign him. For sure. And, and you don't give Newhook that spot when you can put Kadri in that spot now. Two years down the road, if Kadri starts to fall off, then you can have that conversation. But right now, today, Nazem Kadri is significantly more impactful than Alex Newhook is. Yeah. Very well, simple. Big time. Yep. The, the other thing to keep in mind, I mentioned this last week. Like, I think because Newhook came into the playoffs the year before, looked all right. Um, I, I just think that maybe we had some different expectations for not necessarily him, but the way he would be deployed. And like, I forgot at times last year, this is his first year in the NHL. Um, you know, and you're, and you're asking him to eventually become a second line center. I, I don't know. And maybe you guys can prove me wrong here, but I can't think of a ton of players who jump straight in the NHL and just kind of settle right into that role. I expect him to take, I, I do expect Newhook to take a big step this year and to start pushing in that conversation and I do think that because he's part of their long-term plan is part of the reason why this Kadri thing hasn't gotten done. Like, you know, I think they're looking at him saying like, we'd love to bring Kadri back, but we think maybe not in the immediate, maybe <clears throat> not next week, but maybe next summer we have some internal options that we're comfortable with there. Well, um, 
you look, know. that's a big conversation in going out and getting a Paul Stastny, uh, an Evan Rodriguez, and said a guy that you see, look, maybe more realistically transferring to a 3C position for you instead of paying Kadri $7 million. You're going to have a hard time putting a $7 million guy on your third line. Yeah. I mean, Toronto had a hard time putting a $4.5 million guy on their third line. Yep. Very, very true. Uh, we do have one other super chat here. $5 from Chris saying, can we sign Kadri to a smaller deal to this year with a bigger AAV after that to work the cap without trading? Like theoretically you could sign him to a one-year deal and then sign him to a bigger one after that, but very, very unlikely. Kadri, I will be shocked if Kadri takes a deal that's less than like four years. Yeah, same. Um, I mean, it's just, it's tough to bet on yourself after you just had your career year. Right. Yeah. And just to, just to cover the bases in case the question was asking if they could sign him to a contract like a million dollars this year with $10 million next year, the NHL doesn't work that way. So that would be a no. The AAV is the total value of the contract. Yep. So How the, the balance of the money and how it all shakes out, uh, there are rules in place to keep it from – uh, manipulating that because that's what those that's what those fifteen year twelve year contracts were all about was we're gonna pay that guy a million dollars at the end of it six years and it brings the AAV down by like yep. four million yeah right. I, the, I believe the Kovalchuk contract I believe year over year the salary cannot change by more than forty percent as well yeah there's a there's a year over year limit to keep it from fluctuating too much. Yep. Um, just so about this Evan Rodriguez thing, um, I really did want to touch on it because I suggested it because I like the player a lot. Uh, and then there's been a bunch of people who are like, why don't the abs like uh, Evan Rodriguez? Like, what's going on here? Like, he's an obvious guy for this, right? Um, that was a guy that was like his, his year got a lot worse as it went on. He was really good in the first half of the year. And everybody was like, I'm in Rodriguez. <laughs> and then by the end of the year, legitimately, he was playing 12 minutes a night in Pittsburgh. He's like expensive Danton Heinen. Like, <laughs> did Danton Heinen go anywhere? Has he? Not yet. This cadre thing, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so for all, all, the, all the peeps, like, I... Personally, I'm an Evan Rodriguez fan, and I like the idea of it, but it would come with a pretty significant risk. Uh, but by the end of the year, he was like, he had a hardcore hit a wall. Uh, and if you look at his splits, he had 32 points in 46 games before the All-Star break, 11 points in 36 games after. So... A lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of variance there. And uh, it, it mainly comes with the goal score. He went from 15 goals in 46 games to four goals in 36 games. And it wasn't like the shooting percentage was astronomical at the, you the know start. You sounds like to me? JT Confer. Well, <laughs> the guy that Alex Newell is desperately trying uh -huh. to prove he's not. <laughs> yeah, True yeah. enough. True enough. $20 coming in late from Cygnus here. Who says, uh, winks at AJ. Love you, buddy. Love you too, dog. <laughs> okay. 
He's only saying that because I got married today. I I I didn't want to just throw it out there, but congratulations! Oh, so like you just dropping it on everybody. Holy smokes! Yeah. <laughs> so oh my you, god, he knew that. He he he's already knew. AJ's so. officially off the board. So it's true. Congrats, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. I, I, uh, I was expecting other people to join in the applause there, so I was going to look like an idiot. But uh, Oh, yeah, all three you. of us, really. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not was, happy for you, man. I was bummed it was that cool. it didn't work out over the weekend. Yeah, it was uh, It was cool. We uh, we found a, a place that we could get a last-minute appointment, and we rolled in this morning and uh, paid 30 bucks to get married. Good and they had like they had like different like wall placements for people that are doing it like we were, where they were like, "Do you want to take pictures?" And we're like, "I guess, like, I guess we should." <laughs> for immigration purposes, I guess we should. Like, yeah, let's do this. Thing. <laughs> so yeah, no, we had a. That's so funny. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's the reason the reason why it wasn't a bigger deal is that it's been almost three years in the works. So. If it seems like I'm nonchalant about it, it's because we, uh, you know, we've been at been a this long for a while. time coming. Yeah. Yeah. Have you really so, been engaged for three years? Almost, dude. We got, I we got, I remember that. Yeah, we got engaged uh, August uh, of 2019. Jeez. Yeah. Pandemic started. Uh, pandemic started in March of 2020, like here, I guess, is really when it. Like we all mark it as March of 2020, and then, you know, it just sort of shut our world down. So, um, pretty cool. No wedding registry. We don't want anything from anybody. None of that. Um, I've had to. I've had to tell a lot of people. No, thank you. Um, so no, we're good. Between the two of us, we own what we need to own, and we're just happy. We're just happy to be married, honestly. And I never have to call her my fiance again. I was so sick of it. It's just such so, a. It's, I, I'm in. I'm in the process of that, and it's just such a clunky word. Seriously. We are calling people, calling her the wife yeah. to people. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, but that's just wife. Yeah. One syllable. It's, it's better. It's better, for sure. Uh, yeah. And it's cool, and you know, I'm excited for the next forty or so years with her. It's gonna rule. Let's go. Uh, on that note, any final thoughts on the Avs, the market, Kachuk, whatever you guys want to hit in the hockey world? I wish there was more happening right now, man. Right now it just feels so dead, which was, look, this this lightning bolt of a trade was great because it like gave us all life again. It gave us all reason to feel something again. But uh, now we're back to this weird ass cadre situation, which is turning into an unprecedented like high end free agent. Is we're now into almost what two full weeks of, the, of this? Because free agency tomorrow was on the thirteenth. Tomorrow will be two full weeks. Yeah. So yeah, you're talking. You're talking like this is this is starting to get a little silly, to be honest with you. Because what's what's going to change? Teams that the, the continues to be all oh, the teams need to move money. Why? Why do teams need to move money? He could sign a deal, and then those teams can make whatever move they need to. And 
Every time I say that, there's always the one guy in the back who's like, but the team loses leverage. Like, yeah, the team doesn't have any leverage anyway. They'd have made a trade already if they right? had leverage. Like, it, it, like, anybody, everybody knows that if the Avalanche are calling trying to dump a contract, what's up? Well, not even just the Avalanche, just like in general. Yeah, like The Islanders hey, are calling trying to dump money. They know what's right. up. Right. I was thinking about that this morning, uh, riding the bike, listening to just some, some pods and stuff from the end of last week. And, you know, different guys are bringing this up. Oh, well, you know, they don't want to blah, blah, blah. They don't want to be given up that they're trying to go after this guy. It's like, yeah, but if someone calls you like, hey, do you want this player who's decent, who has a, I don't know, convenient salary number for, I don't need anything in return, just some picks. Like, you know what they're doing. Like, like hey, cool. guys, okay. we, we're we not trying to get rid of Sam Gerard here, but I'm telling you. We're thinking about maybe let's move on from JT Confers three and a half million. And, well, you know the guy was great for us in the postseason, and we can't really replace him internally. But I mean, I, if you want to just give us a third round pick, like we'll take that. Right. You know. And what? the other team is like, just say yes before I change my mind. Like, yeah. I don't even know why I'm doing this deal. Okay, I'm just bored. <laughs> Chris McFarland is bored already. He's two weeks on the job, and he's like, "Is this what it's like every summer?" Oh my god, I've got to, I've got to make some phone calls. I've got to offer trades. Do you think at, in the GM like group chat every time Joe Sackick or Lou Lamorello says anything, they all just hit him with the stop emoji? How about you sign your guy first, and then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Megan, any think Bob Hartley. I don't, yeah, know. I don't I wasn't I paying know. attention to the chat. Wasn't either. Oh, someone asked who their coach was in 01. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 I was like, did Bob Hartley get a job? His Megan, son is a coach, I believe, in the AHL. Give me some final thoughts that have nothing to do with Bob Hartley, please. I liked earlier, Jesse kind of tied it back into the title of this show, and especially addressing the landscape of the West, because the landscape of the East has changed so much. That's where a lot of big names ended up. Goudreau goes East. Kachuk goes East. Even Chicago ship Doc and Nebrinkout East. And then yep. just big names, Cop remains East. It's not really changed the landscape of the Western Conference. And it's been so quiet on this side of things that it kind of bodes well for the Avs because they'll remain kind of at the top here as competition within the Western Conference. But it's also frustratingly quiet right now it might stay relatively unchanged for the duration of the summer and the eastern conference is just going to be an absolute nightmare next season well, it needed it it needed the talent oh, infusion because yeah. when you have splits that large between your playoff and non-playoff teams you gotta do something to close that gap well and and like look you you've got three straight years of the Tampa lightning being the no doubt best team in the East three straight years of them in the cup final. And the year before that, they ran away with the president's trophy and the Eastern conference, regardless of what happened in the playoffs. Like, I mean, you're going on five years of teams trying to trace chase down Tampa and they haven't been able to do it. So like AJ just said, like they, they, something had to happen. Something had to give, there had to be a big injection of talent, skill, something because (laughs) You're literally you're going on half a decade here of Tampa being the team in the East. Yeah, so maybe it's time for uh, some new kings to reign out East. In the West, it feels like Avs still comfortable at the top, though. 
Yeah, and like the, I think the, to tie to tie it all back together here, the amazing part of this deal, this Kachuk trade, is that the Flames genuinely might have done a good enough job in this trade alone to keep themselves afloat at top the Pacific Division, because this helps m- mitigate the Gaudreau Kachuk like duo loss by okay, well you lose you lose two hundred point players, but you get one back. But then you also get a top pairing defenseman. Yep. So that's a pretty good way to mitigate that loss there. Um, and and has Edmonton gotten significantly better? We'll see how Jack Campbell does in net. We'll see how Stuart Skinner and Calvin Pickard are as the two three uh, in in Edmonton. We'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think there's reason for optimism, but in, until the Oilers obviously prove it. It's going to be a the skepticism is still going to dominate there. Uh, and can Evander Kane do it again for an entire season? Can he keep it together? Can he can he keep can his he head above water? Cool. Yeah, can he not self-sabotage by doing something just incredibly selfish and stupid? Because, uh, I mean, it, it couldn't even get through last season. I mean, look, he ends the series getting suspended because he wants to take a run at Nazem Kadri. He does it. He gets he gets what he wants. He got his pound of flesh, and okay. Um, but it's it, it is interesting um, that Pacific Division. Like Vegas will be better by default just because they're healthy. How good will they be? We don't know. Yeah. Like Robin Leonard could be seriously injured to the point where they're running out Laurent Brassois and Logan Thompson as their duo for thirty games. Like it could be. It could be a real thing with Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard could be totally fine by the start of the season. We don't really know. So the Pacific Division just remains like question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the deer doesn't think anything anymore. That's why he's on the wall. <laughs> so let me ask you guys about the Pacific Division. I mean, it's it's Monday. We have nothing to talk about in the offseason. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Uh, is there any order – that the teams could finish in the Pacific, that would surprise you. Yeah, like LA winning it would surprise me. Really? It wouldn't yeah. surprise me that much. Yeah, I think it, I think it would because uh, their defense still has a lot to a long way to go. Um, I think I'd be more surprised if San Jose won. Well, I'm like I'm I'm ignoring like the obvious like bad team makes miraculous run like. You know, but for some reason, San Jose thinks that to solve their goaltending problem that they've had for a decade, <laughs> that they are trying to sign eight goaltenders. Like, if you guys looked at their goalie depth chart, <laughs> can't scout them if you don't know who's going to be in net. Dude, it's the weirdest shit. Like, I don't know if you guys have taken a look at it, but seriously, the the Sharks' goalie depth right now is they've got Capo Kakadin, James Reimer. Aiden Hill, Aaron Dell, that right there, like four dudes, okay? And then they've got these other, the, the guy that they traded for the Brent Burns deal, they've got Strauss Mann, who, amazing name, was great in college hockey last year. And then, I don't know, some guy I've never heard of. Um, so that guy, not surprising, We're, whatever. But, like, that's a lot of NHL contracts for the goaltender position. Like it's it, normally you get two in the NHL, then you have you have three guys for the AHL. One of them will play in the ECHL. 
maybe four if you're deep at it. And it just seems like it's a lot. Like they've, it's a lot there. Well, and you know, the part to me that always surprised me about like when you see situations like that and depth charts start to look like that, it's like, how are you getting these guys to sign that? Yeah. Like, hey, do you want to come be part of this nine goaltender tandem that we've got going here? It's like, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, what's the upside there? Like, they all are like, oh, I could go be the starter there. But it's like, you got to beat out five dudes. <laughs> and if you don't, then you just got to wait for one of them to get hurt, not play very well. Like, that's a bad numbers game. Every night up in Loveland, it's going to be like, the Eagles are playing another Sharks goaltender tonight. <laughs> Dude, they're going to load all of them out yeah, to the I'm entire saying. division. Yeah. The Eagles are going to call him up and be like, we really don't want to play Jonas Johansson anymore. <laughs> what's, what's Aiden Hill up to? Can we borrow him? Can we borrow him? Yeah. Like, it's just a weird depth chart that they've got going on out there. But I, I totally derailed us here. But, yes, the, the reality here is is uh, the order of finish in the Pacific. I am open to a lot of things. But I think I think there are three clear cut best teams out there. Um, I think it's Vegas. I think it's Calgary. I think it's Edmonton. Uh, I, I think LA is a playoff caliber team somewhere in there. I just don't think that they're win the division good. And then Anaheim. Anaheim, I don't understand. They still have all this money to spend. They yeah. spent some of it on like Ryan Strom. They're in a really weird spot. That's kind That's of cool. Still my dark horse team for Cag- Kadri. And this, this is the exact type of team I was talking about last week where it's like the longer this goes on, you are going to get a team like Anaheim, like four, four years, eight million. Just like something silly that Kadri can't say no to. And, you know, they'll be competitive enough. But, yeah, no, it's a great point, AJ. I don't even, are they even to the floor yet? No, no. They need, they need to spend almost five million to get to the yeah. floor. They're they're at twenty five million in cap space, man. They've got room. So, which is like, why were they so stingy with Sonny Milano? Why is that guy free agent? Right. You had all the space. Like, what's the issue here? No, I you know I do wonder about a team. You know, I I wonder about like a, like a Buffalo. You know, a, a, hey, these guys have money. They would like to win. He could be. He could go back and be close to home. Um, obviously, that's not like the contender. Like it doesn't check that box. But all those young guys, he could play down the middle of the ice. He could be a uh, a transformational personality for them there. I just scattered thing. It just continues to be weird to me for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. Like. There doesn't seem like he he knows what the offers are. He knows what the teams that are interested are. He knows what he's looking at. The teams all know the score here. They all know that the other teams that are there. Like, what's what are we doing here? It's not even just Kadri. John Klingberg is still sitting there. Yeah. And you're like, when when does free when is free agency ever seen top guys at center and defense just sort of Five sit and there? two weeks later? Yeah. And yeah. It, there's like a couple of guys on the defensive side too. Klingberg, the biggest one, but Subban's out there still. Dehan's out there still. A, a couple of their smaller pieces as well. well I, I there's a reason that I think these guys are all out there. Like we saw Nino Niederreiter signed in Nashville, which I thought was a great pickup for the Preds. 
but other than that, there's been almost no movement with a bunch of good forwards. Yep. Like, either we're headed towards some guys getting PTOs or some guys getting August one-year deals or something. Like, we could be headed to something weird, but it, it all, I think, starts with this Nazem Kadri, John Klingberg. Like, these guys have to make decisions because that trickle-down effect will happen. Okay, well, if Detroit really wants John Klingberg, but they don't get him, well, P.K. Subban is a reasonable backup option there. Yeah. You know, and a team that a team that wants John Klingberg but doesn't get him and then decides, hey, we just want a cheap option on defense – Calvin DeHaan is a cheap option on defense. Options are there, for sure. So, <clears throat> you know, stylistically, not going to be the same. Like, Subban and Klingberg could kind of play the same role, but if you're just looking for a warm body here, if you're just looking for, hey, we want a veteran guy to play that play that role, you start at the top, work your way down. You know, the, the trickle-down effect of it is uh, of both positions. It's very real. What do you and think it's weird it, to see it continue. What do you guys think P.K. Subban signs for? Now that this has gone on this long. I think it's going to be a lot like last year, like Ryan Murray last year, where I think it's going to be about a year. I think it'll probably be $2 million, $3 million at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, this is just, uh, to your point, man, like just a guy like Sonny Milano. Like the fact that you're talking about that guy potentially for like a PTO, it's like what is going on in the NHL right now yeah. where like there's some of these guys that just aren't getting – is, is the market waiting that much for Nazem Kadri? Well, I think in some ways you you could think that it is because what those teams are doing, uh, you know, the teams that are are waiting for a guy like that. You know, you look at Nazem Kadri. Okay, you don't get Nazem Kadri. Right? Paul Stastny and Evan Rodriguez are legitimate center options for a team that misses out on Kadri. And then you know the wing the wing options are a little bit different because uh, Rodriguez Stasny could both play wing. Phil Kessel, I guess, is still out there, but Sonny Milano, Danton Heinen, like there are some actual players here. I mean, yeah. you even have like potentially Patrice Bergeron floating around. I mean, you don't really. But... I, I know he's going to go to Boston, but but you do have like a guy that was like coveted at the deadline last year. Johan Larson is just sitting there unsigned. And you're like, this this is a guy that teams loved at the deadline for a 4C job. Like, obviously, he's hard-capped as to what he is. But these are the guys that get scooped up in the first hour of free agency every year. So, the Patrice Bergeron. And again, I'm only saying this because of what a weird free agency this has been. And we've just kind of seen... (laughs) AJ already used the word, so I get permission to use it. Unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's mostly a COVID joke because that was how everyone described two straight years. It's like it's pretty precedented at this point. Um, but you know, we I call this normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just the way that we've seen this free agency, free agency shake out, like, I don't know. I, at this point, I'm not ruling out, again, like I said, what we, you could see happen with Nazem Kadri, like, could Patrice Bergeron just suddenly be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to Colorado and play on a one-year deal and try to win a cup. I don't think he's not coming to the abs. I'm just using it as the example. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, like, the longer this goes on, why not? Why wouldn't that happen? It just gives more time for something weird, right? Right, right. Um, all right. 
we're we're about 80 minutes in so i'm gonna wrap us up on this one appreciate y'all uh we do have evan doing a mailbag should be up tonight so be sure to go read that if you didn't get your question in with it, him, it'll we'll... be up in like 20 minutes okay so this afternoon even uh if you didn't get your question in with him we're likely doing a q a episode sometime this week so have your questions ready to go for us including non-hockey related stuff uh that should be a fun episode as well uh, all the good stuff, you know, get a membership to DNVR. You can still get the Avs Championship shirts, whether it be the 22 Cup shirt or the uh, the Landeskog 8-bit shirt. Both of those are amazing. Highly recommend you get in on that action. Uh, but for today, we are out of here. And until tomorrow, we will talk to you later. <laughs>